breakout stretch pass. Carlson left wing shoots. He scores. William Carlson. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Now brought out by the Knights. Here they go. Left side, Yanmark. Put it out in front for Wah. Kick save. Rebound. Score. Dandanov. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millar down here at T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... (laughs) Hockey's back. We have a game to talk about. It's been a while, over about six days since the Vegas Golden Knights have last played a game. And as always, segment number one on a Monday belongs to you, the listener. 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. Give us a call. Let us know what your thoughts, opinions are right now as we head into a game day. First one in a while for the Vegas Golden Knights. 702-876-1340 as Darren Millard gets himself adjusted with the headset and his gigantic, what what is, what is that a magnifying glass? Magnifying glass with a light. What? Do you, you don't really need that, do you? Oh yeah. It tapes uh, in a dark rink. Oh my goodness. It's awesome. Is that a new toy? Uh, No, it's had it for a while. It's the first time I've seen it. Oh no, it's, uh, well I don't, I use it more on the TV side. Really? The lights go out and you need to look things up on the fly. Christmas present for my uh, beautiful wife. I love it. It's fantastic. What do we got going on today? Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins in town. First time in a couple of years. Almost exactly two years uh, since the Penguins uh, were here. And remember, that night, Sidney Crosby didn't play. So it's actually been three years since we've been uh, afforded the opportunity in the Las Vegas Valley to witness Sid the Kid. Uh, So that's exciting. Evgeny Malkin. Uh, is here. Uh, that's great uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So you're going to see the road team uh, and a star-studded road team at its best, and you're going to witness a rested Vegas Golden Knights club. This this team that played Toronto a week ago was missing eight regulars and was on fumes. Mm-hmm. Tonight should be uh, a lot more energetic, just by based on on the last five days without any action. I would imagine so. You get a little bit of a break, and then you get back to business. You get some practices in, and you you hopefully get some some regulars back Players in the lineup back, tonight. Yeah. That's that's going to be the big thing. As but as always, this is your segment seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. Let's head out to the phone lines. Bring in Charlie. Hey Charlie, how you doing? Fine, thank you. Hope you can clarify the salary cap for me. Is it twenty three man roster, or is it the salary cap of the twenty people who suit up for a game? It's whoever's on your roster. So if if you want to carry the full if you want to carry the full twenty three, uh, you have to be under the salary cap with those twenty three. If uh, if you want to carry twenty, uh, that's your decision. Most teams like to have one or two extra players uh, around, but we've uh, witnessed uh, at times during the last uh, couple of years uh, that that teams just haven't been able to fit uh, the the necessary extras or. Any you, we've watched clubs, Vegas included, uh, play with shortened rosters. So you, you're not allowed to go over uh, that uh, that salary cap, eighty-one and a half million dollars, and uh, whatever you can fit under that, you go with. So I was hoping that you could play a shuffle game uh, 
uh, 20 people suiting up for the game. Let's say you bench Dadanoff and uh, Theodore for one game. That would bring you below the $81.5 million. Next game, you set out Pacioretty and uh, you know, name another player. I thought if you could have 20 people suiting up under the $81.5 million, you could just keep shuffling players each game. No, you can't uh, do that uh, because teams will be doing it all the time. So they've, they've nixed that loophole, and there's been other loopholes over the years that they've had to fine-tune and, and tighten things up, uh, Charlie. But uh, but this and, – and just because they're not in the lineup, say they're, they're bruised, but they're, they're not uh, uh, injured enough to go on uh, any type of LTIL, long-term injury, uh, then those, that salary still uh, – goes against your cap and if you want to get rid of the uh, the player because of uh production that's that's not up to snuff uh say it's a a player that uh, carries a big ticket and you want to send him down to the american hockey league uh a lot of times uh in in the situation that that salary also uh, has a has a cost uh, penalty against your salary cap so there's a lot of uh, different things that uh that stop you from manipulating the salary cap if you waive somebody, let's say a $5 million player, and nobody picked them up, you still have $5 million count yeah. against your salary cap, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm looking for loopholes, and I can't find any. I know. <laughs> I know. You, that, you know what? There's a, there's a job that's been created in the National Hockey League in the last 15 years that uh, directly relates to what you're trying to do, and it's the capologist. And every team has one. Uh, a lot of teams have multiple people that work in that department uh, simply to uh, research and look up and uh, finagle different ways to get in and around the salary cap and how a potential signing might affect your team and, and what you should do uh, as far as do you give a player a three-year deal because you've got some contracts expiring in that third year or can you only give them a two-year deal because you've got uh, others that uh, that are starting to – and so it's a, it's, a, it's a very complicated business, but I give you credit for uh, uh, what I assume is on the amateur side of the capologist uh, job, uh, putting, your, putting your hat in the ring. Yeah, thanks so much. Appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Call, uh, call again, pal. Do you like being a salary cap? No. I mean, like, like okay, I'm not, I'm not the best with numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm not the best with numbers, so I don't. I don't want to get hung up or caught up in, in what the Golden Knights are or aren't going to need to do until they need, they're in a position where they need to do it. Like I know that there's still some time here with Jack Eichel before he gets back, and, and obviously the, the cap ideas are surrounding Jack Eichel getting him. Oh, you think that's what he was referring to? Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty solid deductive reasoning for me, I, I know. Uh, but, no, I, I just – I. I think with the way that this season has gone for the Vegas Golden Knights and, and really the way the season's gone for, for almost every team in the league, make a decision when you have to make a decision. Like I, I, and and as, a, like as a fan, just just enjoy what you've got right now. Enjoy the process. Enjoy what the Golden Knights are going through. And when it comes time, when it, it's, it's absolutely vital that this team has to make a decision, then you worry about it. Yeah, it's, I'm with you. Except everybody else in the world seems to be uh, looking uh, forward and trying to uh, do the math and who stays, who has to go, what combination of players can you put out there that will allow you to keep uh, 
your favorite athlete uh, and come up with a with a different strategy and uh, it's it's not a bad idea it, it gets people involved and, mm-hmm. and it keeps you keeps you going but if, if you're dealing with the the current day situation like the Golden Knights are and Pete DeBoer is and Kelly McCrimmon and and George McPhee and the hockey operations department then uh, uh, you want to be able to uh, have the best lineup that's available to you. So why would you go out and proactively, in this case, uh, make a, a trade and send a high-profile, uh, high-salary player out before you really have to when you can still get all the mileage that you can out of said athlete and at the end of the uh, uh, 11th hour, Something may happen that will allow you to keep everybody, mm-hmm. and then you're sitting there going, "We should have waited." And and I think uh, patience is, uh, and it's hard to be patient because I'm sure people are calling and people are, other clubs are are making uh, proposals. But uh, but patience is is the most important thing, and so are points right now, and and that's uh, also a significant influencer in in why Kelly McCrimmon would hold on. Yeah, and. Of course, there are different types of leverage points that you want to you want to have available to you if you're Kelly McCrimmon. And you know, when you look at the trade deadline, if, if there's going to be a move, you would you would imagine that you want to get as close to that date as possible before you have to make any type of decision if you're the Vegas Golden Knights. And while you might lose some leverage, just kind of going off of what you just said, who knows? Based yeah. on this season, who knows what may or may not happen for the Vegas Golden Knights? So if you get to a point where you're patient and it allows you to keep more or less everything intact going into the playoffs. That's best-case scenario right now for the Vegas Golden Knights. And your lineup is better in these games in from middle of December yeah. on was when people started talking about, well, who's got to go? Really, they've been discussing it since the, the Jack Eichel acquisition was announced. But middle of December on, people have really picked up steam on trying to uh, decide and predict uh, who would be the the men that are standing in that in that dressing room, but th- just the the factor for for Pete DeBoer and his coaching staff is you're a better team with all of those players in there right now, and you're still under the salary cap. So go with those players instead of making a, a deal beforehand uh, that may give you the necessary space, and people won't have to worry about it, and uh, the 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 all the players know where the chips are going to fall, but you're not as good. And and I think uh, it shows you how aggressive and uh, how much value they put into the individual points on a game-by-game basis right now. Uh, even with the, uh, they have seven games left before the All-Star break, uh, leading into something like that. 702-876-1340 is the number. It's your segment every single Monday. We do it here. 4 o'clock belongs to you, 4 p.m. 702-876-1340. So, so, Darren, it's been a minute since we've seen the Pittsburgh Penguins. They have been a team that over the last 14 games have been absolutely fantastic. Winners of 12 of their last 14, though last four games, 2-2. Two and two, what do you uh, what do you make of tonight's game against a, an opponent that comes in red hot? Well, I think that they're one of the great stories of the National Hockey League season. Yeah. And you can put uh, the likes of the L.A. Kings or the Anaheim Ducks uh, up in that in, in being surprise uh, performers and putting themselves into contention for a playoff spot. But this Pittsburgh Penguins club, uh, without Malkin uh, in the lineup, uh, started minus Sidney Crosby for the first handful of games 
has managed to be in a playoff position throughout. And while they're fourth place in the Metropolitan Division, they actually have more points than, than Vegas because mm-hmm. that is that is the toughest division by far. It was predicted to be, and it's lived up to its uh, its billing. Uh, they've virtually assured themselves of a playoff spot. Uh, which would uh, which would be for the 16th, uh, 17th straight year uh, in the National Hockey League, which is the longest uh, current active streak, uh, and and they've done it uh, in in different ways. Tristan Jari, uh, who bounced back from a, a subpar postseason, is going to his second straight All Star weekend. Mm-hmm. He's been a huge force for them. Uh, Chris Letang, whose future was kind of up in the air, where they're going to move on from him. Uh, is is top four in points on, on this team. Uh, you've got uh, Brian Russ when he's been in the lineup has been amazing. Jake Gensel has been been awesome. Uh, I, they, they've done it with uh, a defense that you'd be hard pressed to pick out of a, a lineup, even with they're wearing their jerseys. Uh, <laughs> and and they've they've done it. Latang excluded in that. So uh, I, I think it's Mike Sullivan's. Uh, he's he's obviously proven why he was uh, Team USA's coach. Uh, coaching choice for the Olympics in Beijing with NHL involvement. Uh, they, they've been really, really good. And I, I don't know whether they're going to slow down in the second half, but this is a club that uh, that has been really impressive in in leaning on some of their depth up front. And they, they've also had some players that have yet to perform up to, up to par. Uh, Jason Zucker, uh, who's out right now, and, and Malkin, who's just coming back into the lineup. If they get everything going, it's a pretty scary situation in the Metro. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I did not see this type of season no. from the Penguins, and and it as much as it pains me to say it, I bet against Sidney Crosby. Mm-hmm. I bet against the Pittsburgh Penguins and their ability to start the year without Crosby, without Malkin, and continue to be competitive in an, in an incredibly competitive, relevant. Yeah, exactly. And and so what what ends up happening is, and I think you hit the nail on the head with Mike Sullivan. You've got a coach that just knows how to maximize what he's got available to him. In much the same way Pete DeBoer was able to maximize the roster early on for the Vegas Golden Knights and going through their adversity, you're getting the same thing out of Mike Sullivan and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And now that the Calvary is there for the Penguins, I'm excited to see kind of where they go from here. Malkin, three points in his first game back, hasn't hasn't factored into the score sheet yet uh, in, in the other two games, but you know that with that high-end skill now added to the to the to this roster and the guys that have kind of filled in the gaps and Evan Rodriguez being the main one for me. Mm. Um, this is a team that can do some damage and, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the golden Knights match up against the penguins here in this game, but it is your segment. 702-876-1340. Let's head out to the phone lines and bring in Mike. Hey Mike, how you doing? Well, you threw me a curve guys. I thought it was Whoa. a rerun today. I know. So did I. Could we at least let the host know we're doing a live show? <laughs> I, I, I was I was informed this morning, though. Oh my goodness! I just never I snoozed and I yep. almost lost. But I wanted to formally thank you, whoever I should be thanking. And Darren, you were kind enough to remind me it wasn't all you're doing. But th- those graphics in the game uh, any night, I hope from now on, are just tremendous. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah, I think it's gonna. There might be a tweak or two to it uh, coming up because uh, at this point, I believe, I think you're talking about the shot clock uh, on the on the scoreboard bug, right? Uh, on the television broadcast, uh, I'm under the impression that that's being done manually right now, and they hope to get it to the point where they just uh, log onto a system and it does it uh, in relation to the to the shots in in the building. 
No, it's just a wonderful addition. Don't let him stop doing that. Uh, as far as Sid the Kid goes, not not so much kid anymore. Uh, except for those Islander teams, how many players have won, say, four or, or more than four Stanley Cups? Is there? A, can you count them on one hand, or is it a lot more than I know? Yeah, well, you go back to the Canadian teams and the, the Richards and uh, the Cornways and the, the Bellavos. You, so there's there's yeah, that, like seven, there's that category, yeah. Uh, but the the Oilers group that also uh, transitioned over with the New York Rangers, you, you've got uh, the Messiers and the Andersons, uh, uh, some of those guys that uh, that won six uh, because they 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 won um, so many with the with the Edmonton Oilers. So uh, you've you've got that uh, that collection as well. So uh, yeah. that that would be in, in modern time. Uh, that would be uh, the most uh, with uh, with the Gretzky and the Anderson and 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 that collection of players that Kevin Lowe uh, that that went over and joined the New York Rangers for their final championship after being with the Edmonton for their entire run. Well, as as young as Crosby is, although not accident prone by any means, he could still win a couple more before he's done. Certainly. Well, so I'll tell you this, Mike. Uh, they've been great this year, but they're also uh, facing reality. And their president of hockey operations, Brian Burke, came out uh, about ten days ago and said this group, with the addition of Malkin and now with uh, with Rust back in in the lineup uh, off of COVID protocol, this is this is the group that they're going to dance with. In the Stanley Cup mm-hmm. playoffs, there will not be the uh, trade deadline acquisition that uh, was so popular under the Jimmy Rutherford era. Uh, just quite uh, to put base it uh, down to its uh, simplest point, uh, Brian Burke said the cupboard's empty and they have to restock it with uh, with some higher end draft picks and and hold on to those those selections. And it uh, he still believes that this team can win, and it's obvious that this group is very talented by where they are in the in the metropolitan division right now but the airlift and the the support uh, either from getting Crosby a winger as we've seen in years past or adding some some depth on, on the blue line uh, that that's not going to happen this year this this group uh, will have to survive thrive uh, and get it done uh, as it is uh, so it's it's been impressive what they've done but they also have to look in the mirror and say it's it's us or bust yeah, okay. Well, just one other quick thing, if I can steal another minute, and that question is this. In a perfect world, when the Knights are completely healthy in the month of May, June, and July, or yep. into late May, June, let's say, if they're completely healthy, who is the one team that you most fear? Would it be Colorado? Would it be whom? I would say Tampa. I, I still go back to uh, to Tampa and what they've been able to do when they haven't been healthy and when they are healthy, and uh, the players that they've been able to uh, slot back in. I, I think they made a couple of great acquisitions uh, in the in the face of having to let some quality contributors go, and uh, and those acquisitions have been uh, really important uh, to them. Corey Perry, Belmar, uh, think of, of those types of, of players. So uh, I will still go with, uh, with with Tampa Bay. I don't get the uh, hint that they're tired, that they've uh, that they're lagging at all, or are are overconfident. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, is great, and Colorado still in the. You got to prove it to me. Uh, they're dynamic. They're really dynamic, but I think that they've got more holes than Tampa Bay does. Well, okay, so to wrap it up, what you're saying is the Knights, when healthy, should win the Campbell Cup. 
and go and play for the Stanley Cup. Yes, I thought they should have won the last two years, too. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> so uh, just, I just want to clarify, they, they, I, I thought they were the best team in the West the last two years and, and didn't get out of their bracket. Now, a little different because last year you played all over the place. Uh, but, uh, but the last two years, uh, I think, will be one of those spots where, uh, I mean, Edmonton went through this too. Uh, they, had, they had big stumbles in, in the early 80s and then lost to the New York Islanders in a, in a really lopsided series when everybody thought that there was going to be a changing of the guard in, in that era. Uh, and uh, I think that, that that's a lesson. I hope that's the lesson that they've, uh, that they've taken to heart and, uh, and different strategies and different um, uh, alterations to the lineup. And we've witnessed that with the addition of Jack Eichel and Alex Petrangelo over the last couple of years. But, uh, but I think uh, it's going to be hard-pressed in a Sally Crap era to find a team with as much talent as Vegas does without a championship. And I hope that changes this year. Well, it's very kind of you and Chris, especially for taking my call so late. And don't let that happen again, guys. Uh, Mike, uh, just so you know, it's Chris's job to answer the phone. So anytime, <laughs> anytime you want to talk, whether we're taking open phones or not on the VGK Insider Show, you just give him a call and chat with him, and uh, and, and oh, he'll be yeah, there like to uh, yeah, he'll whether it's five thirty or four forty-five, whatever. You just give him a call and you chat with him. I need his cell number just off the air. Uh, no, because then he'll text you, and you don't want that happening. No, no. but have a good rest of the Thanks, show. Mike. I will listen, I promise. Thanks, pal. See you, Mike. I'd love to say the Florida Panthers, but I, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not there because they haven't done anything in a while. They look great now. They look fantastic now. It's a question of whether or not I believe they can do it in the playoffs and whether or not I think they can do it against Tampa, and that, that remains to be seen, and I'm not going to buy in to the Panthers as a team you don't want to face in the playoffs until they've won a series. Florida Panthers might be the best team in the four major sports that nobody talks about. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Lump, like, lump them all together. Yeah. Find me another team that's more dominant in its sport or in the National Hockey League that nobody talks about and convince me. But right now, I can't think of one outside of the Florida Panthers. Let's head back out to the phone lines and bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Great. So, um, first off, I guess I was wondering, do, have they said yet who all will be able to come in tonight off of COVID protocol and who won't? They have not uh, officially declared anybody other than we've been able to uh, assume, deduce, based on who is out uh, for practice. But I'm also leery against doing that uh, because somebody may have taken the option. Uh, somebody may uh, be getting uh, treatment or not out there. So uh, I, I, expe- I expect uh, the players that were out right before uh, in Nolan Patrick and Shea Theodore uh, and Nick Waugh to be, to be in the lineup tonight, but I can't tell you for certain uh, whether they will be uh, be able to go, uh, it, it will be a bolstered lineup to a certain extent. Uh, to what uh, to what end? I can't tell you for sure right now. That's what warm up <laughs> has become like almost warm up for the broadcasters. Stephanie has become <laughs> yeah. almost as important as the game for for mm-hmm. us trying to determine and be able to pass along that type of information to you. Yeah, well, you know, we definitely appreciate it, even if it is right before the game when it comes out. And I guess my other question was, um, I was actually at the Silver Knights game on Saturday, so I didn't uh, watch any of the Penguins and um, 
uh, first team, but I guess it went into overtime. It was a really low-scoring game. Was there anything that um, any of you guys saw in any of that that um, makes you think anything about today's game? Since I know Penguins have kind of been on a tear, but to go into overtime with the Sharks is kind of, ooh. Well, I'll tell you this. uh, The Sharks deserve better. Than, than overtime. They were the much better club uh, in, in that game. In fact, uh, it was you would be hard-pressed to tell me who played goal for for uh, San Jose in that game because the puck was in Pittsburgh's zone the entire time. And uh, Pittsburgh does wrap up a, a six-game road trip tonight, uh, so uh, I'll, I'll be curious to see what kind of fatigue factor is in there. It's an 11-day road trip. Uh, but uh, that, game, that game on Saturday, that two points flattered the Pittsburgh Penguins. Wow. Well, uh, I'm actually uh, one ticket last week, so going to the game tonight with my husband. So thank you nice. guys, and can't wait to uh, can't wait to see it. <laughs> Post a selfie, okay? I let's, will. Uh, let's see what. Uh, I might try and run and say hi. We, uh, I'm in section 117. Ryan has security around him in section 104. No security. There is no security. <laughs> he has Stephanie. You can confirm yes. this. He has the velvet rope up around his setup here. That prohibits uh, interaction. You have and when metal guardrails, when you, you come, when you come up here, uh, you'll you'll be able to take a picture of it and post it and say, "Millard was right. Ryan has the velvet rope around him to make sure that nobody can get near him." Okay, and Stephanie, if you go up to section one seventeen, you'll see metal guardrails. Oh, those are, that's for lawless. Okay, yeah, I'm sure. That's just I'm for sure. lawless. It's there every single day, and lawless Laws. isn't always Crazy. on the broadcast. Uh, enjoy the game tonight, Stephanie. I will, you guys. Let's get two points. You bet. Uh, the game that Stephanie refers to, the Penguins mm-hmm. and the San Jose Sharks on Saturday, was significant in that Louis Deming played. Southpaw made his first appearance for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's bounced around like five different teams over the last six years. Mm-hmm. He became the 101st different goaltender to make an appearance this year. Hmm. The National Hockey League has never been above 100 before. Wow. And we're halfway through the year. Yeah. Now, there's some injury that's played a role in this, but this is really driven by COVID. Uh, the last full season uh, that, that we played with an 82-game schedule, like, it was low 90s. And so this is this is really different uh, uh, territory that, that we've been in. Tuka Rask was the 100th uh, goaltender, and then Louis Domingue was the 101st, and we have more than half the season to go. Yeah, I, I, I'm very curious to see what that number looks like at the end of the year. I really am. It won't, it won't get a lot higher because a lot of the players that have played will just be recycled uh, if different uh, injuries and COVID and those types of situations. Uh, they'll just slot back in. Like even John Gillies was recalled from the ECHL, played for St. Louis, and then ends up playing for the New Jersey Devils. So those type of uh, those types of names will just uh, be be back and forth. But uh, I, I bet you it does get up to one fifteen ish around there. Yeah, mid teens, mid one teens. Let's wrap up your segment with one final call. Let's sneak in Scott. Hey Scott, how you doing? Hi, how y'all doing, guys? Great. Uh, a little bit different. Uh, trajectory if you will just kind of concerned about the uh consistency of play maybe i'm reading too much in it uh just going back to the rangers game how it was a very good 60 minute game and then i went to the nashville game and it was just totally opposite yeah and it's just kind of back and forth back and forth and then the game against toronto but 
we show up near the end of the game and still almost win, and we're not playing a 12-6 game. If we played like that, I know it's 82 games and players get tired and whatnot, but, man, if we could put more just every other game, just kind of put some consistency throughout the whole games, it'd be a scary team, scary team. Uh, I'm with you on the Nashville game. That was a disappointment. And that was a really big game for Nashville. That was their measuring stick, and uh, I was uh, I was hoping for uh, a better performance out of that game. The Toronto contest, I give them a pass on. Uh, they were they were minus eight regulars, and they were done. Uh, they uh, played uh, thirty nine games in ninety days, and they were they were cooked uh, coming off of uh, the the first six games of the road trip. And they I would assume that uh, that there was some eyes towards the. Uh, the, the break and they played a really hard game and they got a point out of that game against a, a almost healthy uh, Toronto Maple Leafs team that was only missing Mitch, Mitch Marner. Uh, so I, I, I think that the Toronto game uh, was a great effort. Uh, the consistency and the fall off uh, in the Nashville game, you can find all different reasons. I said it, it did lack some bite compared to the, to the Rangers or the Chicago game or the Winnipeg game. We had all the returns, uh, but, uh, but if you down to its most uh, uh, basic uh, line, it's they, they didn't play as well, and that will be the one that kind of stands out in the, the homestand. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about the Chicago game. No, I was I'm, leaving I'm... that one out too. <laughs> okay. Well, that was it, fellas. I was just kind of concerned about that one to get y'all's thoughts. Great show. Thanks, and uh, enjoy listening to you guys. Thanks, buddy. Be safe. Yeah, and just on consistency, like as as much as we we want to see the same type of game every single night, as, as much as we want to see the same effort, the fact of the matter is, when you just look at this homestand alone, it, the Golden Knights continuity-wise from who's in the lineup, who's playing with who, it hasn't been there because of a, a bunch of different factors. So that is going to change the consistency with which you play. Now, for the Golden Knights, I, as you mentioned, Nashville game, that's a disappointment. I don't look at the Toronto game in the way that I look at the Nashville game. I was I was pleased with what I saw from Vegas against Toronto, leaving Chicago out of it. It just it's been an up and down type of homestand, but that's why I choose to look at this as a clean slate right now. You want to go and go two for two over the next two games. You want this win against Pittsburgh, you want that win against Montreal, and then you want to go on the road feeling good about where your game is at right now. The the, the homestand really does reflect the performance of the team yeah, in the sense of it's 2-2-2 two, two, and two so far. And you could take the, the two games against Nashville and Chicago and say, yeah, they, they didn't deserve anything more than they got mm-hmm. out of those games, yep. which was, was nothing. Uh, the wins were very solid efforts, and, and the, the Anaheim victory was almost perfect. Uh, gave up the shutout with 11 seconds to go, and the Rangers' performance was clinical. And the other ones, uh, Winnipeg losing uh, in extra time, and the the Toronto Maple Leafs game, Winnipeg you would have liked to have closed that one out, and Toronto you found a way to get a point, right in between. And th- this isn't one where they played uh, the, the the point production uh, doesn't relate uh, or rate or measure up to their play. I think it's exactly how they played through the first six games, and they don't deserve any more or any less uh, than than what they've got out of this and six points in, in six games. Sneaking one last thing in from one of our loyal mm-hmm. listeners, Gary Lawless sent me a note. Yes. Millard he, is a jerk. I know. That's the note. Yeah, it's, it's been uh, well said before from Gary that, that I'm a jerk, but you know what he didn't say? Mm. Didn't say he's a liar. 
which Although which there's bubbles right yeah, now. Yeah. Which is very uh, is very telling, given that I said that the metal gates for fan uh, separation around our set in section 117 uh, is because of Gary Lawless. Yes, I'm a jerk for revealing that to the mm. public, but yeah. he did not say that I was completely making it up. And Gary, uh, Gary, just, we, he, no, he just added and a liar. Yeah, no, yep. he can't do it. He, he's, he now he's just listening to the show. And we thank you for your listenership, uh, Gary. Yeah, but the problem the program. problem is that there is a delay. So Gary likely sent that tweet before no, what you said no, went I over the air. I got it uh, like five minutes ago, as soon as I said it. And uh, but he didn't call me a liar, and uh, and he I stand did. by and I stand by my statement uh, on that. Uh, the protection uh, and the separation devices, the crowd control fences, are there for simply for Gary Lawless to swoop down from his radio booth and do a little TV. And you should put in for an upgrade because the velvet rope is a nice touch yep. here in Section 104 yep. uh, for Fox Sports uh, Las Vegas and the VGK Insider Show. But compared to Gary, like this could this could go bad in a real hurry if, if, the, if the crowd amasses in strength. Oh, it's been there. Mm-hmm. It's been there. I'm good with it, though. I I'm, I'm, I'm a yeah. man of the people. Yes. I really am. It, it does, uh, does say that on the, on the sign that's set up here. Stephanie will be, have no trouble finding you. Says T-Mobile <laughs> on the so Anyway. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about, more about the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, what's happening uh, in and around this team over the last five days as they get ready for this return to action, finish off the homestand against the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Montreal Canadiens before heading out on the road. That road trip next week is a killer. So any points that you can pick up tonight and Thursday against the Montreal Canadiens are much needed. Plus, there's a, a bunch of afternoon action on Martin Luther King Day as uh, we will run down some of the uh, results and some of the highlights uh, for you. It's the VGK Insider Show from T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Broadcasting live from T-Mobile Arena in Section 104, it's the VGK Insider Show. Ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights home date against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Get back into this game in just a little bit. Sidney Crosby against Mark Stone. That's your captain matchup. Tristan Jari, Robin Leonard is your goaltending matchup. And Chris Letang, Alex Petrangelo on the blue lines. A lot of star power in this game uh, to come. Uh, the pregame show at 6 o'clock with Ryan Wallace and the call with Dan Duva and Gary Lawless at 7 o'clock on Fox Sports Las Vegas and the VGK Radio Network. Uh, a busy slate of games uh, today and tonight in the National Hockey League, the Martin Luther King holiday. Uh, involved in that, the Colorado Avalanche beat the Minnesota Wild in a shootout to extend their home winning streak to 14. That might be the least talked about part of this game. There was a controversial goal where I still don't see the puck going across the line, but it was a rule to goal, uh, which tells me that the NHL Hockey Ops Department had a different view than, than I did on the game. And then there was the collision between Jordan Greenway and Darcy Kemper, which resulted in a spirited fight. But you had two Central Division teams, two teams that uh, that both now believe that they can win that number one seed going uh Really, head-to-head in a fiery game. I mean, I think you you got two teams that don't like each other very much, and and I think two teams that understand that, you know, they're going to have to go through one another in order to get to where they want to go in the playoffs. It's it's likely going to be Colorado and and Minnesota having to go through one another. So, I, you know, I 
you, you, you try to deposit moments within the regular season that can come back and you could utilize in the playoffs. And I think this game, it being spirited, it being a game where, you know, Jordan Greenway takes a run and, and there's a fight and you have those moments that you build on. It, it, all it's going to do is enhance the product in the playoffs. Kemper did lead that game uh, in the second period. It was uh, Kakanen in goal for the Minnesota Wild. Kirill Kaprizov uh, scored a couple of goals uh, in that game as well. Uh, but, yeah, two two coaches that don't give up a lot mm -hmm. as far as uh, as giving way to the other team. Both uh, intense individuals. And I think there's, there's some message sending in this game inside the Central Division. Colorado's on a heater right now. And Minnesota slid back in and around the, the Winter Classic. And I wouldn't uh, put it past either either coach to have fired their, their team up and, and talked to their team about this being uh, a, a real battle as far as the year-end standings in that division. Colorado currently leads. Uh, they now have 53 points. And, and Minnesota uh, has dropped back a little bit uh, to 47. So some, some separation, biggest separation we've seen inside that division yeah and, and i mean you knew it was coming right like even even though the colorado avalanche were behind in terms of standings points they were never really behind in terms of points percentage at least they haven't been over the last couple of weeks so this isn't really a new development that the colorado avalanche have overtaken minnesota and that they're they're in that spot right now in the central but you know i i, I kind of goes back to what i continue to say I, the colorado avalanche are the class of that division i don't care where everyone finishes it's kind of the same way that I view Tampa. Tampa can finish first, second, or third. It really doesn't matter to them. They're going to be the class of their division and their conference until they aren't anymore, until somebody beats them in the playoffs. But Tampa was third last year, right? Yeah, and, and that's not so much the same with Colorado in the playoffs, but it is with Colorado in the regular season. I, just, I don't buy that this team is, is not the best team in that central division right now. Colorado is 15-2-1 at home. They've won, they've won 15 of 18 games and have points in 16 of 18 games at home. Mm -hmm. And they've won 14 straight at home. So you see where they're, uh, they're making their hay right now. The uh, best home team in the National Hockey League is Florida, which is bizarre <laughs> given the lack of buzz around that club. And it sounds like I'm really hard on the Florida Panthers. I love their team. Mm -hmm. I really do. But uh, – uh, nobody in and around the NHL talks about them near enough for a club that uh, that is on top of the NHL standings and for a club that also doesn't exactly rank in the top 10 in attendance in the NHL. They're 21 and three <laughs> at home. Yeah. Now their, their home schedule, it's, it's incredible how much weight has been placed on their home schedule in the front half of the year. And that'll, that'll be the big, uh, it's, it's the reverse of the New York Islanders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and so they they played twenty four home games compared to fourteen. Yeah, on the road, can they continue that pace on the road? Highly unlikely that you, that you can play to a seven fifty winning percentage with so much uh, with three quarters of your the second half of your season being on the road. I, I don't think it is, but they've they've built up that schedule and and some cushion on a playoff spot. In a massive way. Well, they've been rather pedestrian on the road. They're only 5-4-5 mm. and yeah. five on the road. And, and, you know, if that's one area you're going to look at with the Florida Panthers, and, I mean, if you're 
you know, if you're Tampa, right, and you're, you're trying to figure out how you chase down this Florida Panthers team, it, it's likely going to be in that back half because as, as, as much as we marvel at what the Florida Panthers have been able to do this, se- this season, on the road it's been a different story for them. So until they get that figured out or ironed out or they're able to, to win at a better clip than that, they're going to fall in the second half of the season down a bit. And for a Tampa Bay team that is just as good on the road as they are at home, you, you don't really feel like there's going to be much of a drop-off period in what Tampa's been able to do so far this year. If Florida was anywhere near as good on the road through their 14 games as they are at home, mm-hmm. you're looking at a team playing at an 850 clip, <laughs> which is impossible. Yeah. yeah. Impossible. So it, it does level out or write itself a market correction, uh, whatever term you want to use, but it's staggering how many points that they've already accumulated uh, in, in, the, in the 24 games. So th- they've, they've completed, like, like Vegas, more than half their home schedule uh, to date. Uh, they've been better than Vegas at home. But the, the part that confuses me about like this is, at T-Mobile mm-hmm. is raucous and is entertaining and enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. Florida and Sunrise is the opposite of all of those things. <laughs> oh, I forgot. T-Mobile is full. And in Sunrise, it's not. And I don't know whether teams go in there, and it's been like that for a few years, and now they've got a really talented team, so uh, maybe the vibe isn't, isn't as good and, and teams uh, aren't as in, engaged. But it's really straight. You can't tell me that the Florida Panthers are taking advantage of their home ice edge because of what happens inside that building Mm. because there isn't anything that happens inside that building uh, with attendance. And look at the screenshot. And so it's it's impressive what they've been able to do. It's almost like they're just doing it based on all hockey, all talent, which is a compliment to uh, what they've been able to do uh, in and amidst a, a coaching change too this year. So the way that I look at it is this. There are teams that get excited and they are up to play at T-Mobile Arena yeah. because it's fun. It is a great atmosphere. You heard Austin Matthews the other mm-hmm. day. Yeah. And, and I think that that's what, you know, if you're looking at why the Golden Knights' home record this year might not be where you want it to be or where it's been historically, I just think teams love playing here. And, like, especially over the like with the context of the last 22 months, Right, like especially with empty buildings and, and so much fluctuation in terms of, of fans in the building, you have an atmosphere in this building every single night that is like the playoffs. And for players that, that haven't been here in a, in, in a couple of years, haven't been here in a season or two, you circle this one on the calendar. You, you're ready to play in this one. And, and I think, you know, by extension, you, you look at Florida, you look at Sunrise, like, I, I, how many people are excited to go there and play? Right, like I think that you're you're kind of getting some of that where teams maybe go into that situation. It feels deflating. It feels like a letdown because it's not a Vegas. It's not a home crowd, and you know maybe you're just not getting teams best in that situation because there's not the energy in the building. I think it's a little bit cyclical too that uh, that the just the run uh, eventually just kind of uh, the, the the hump of the the graph evens it out a little bit. But Vegas has been lights out and and not that they've been poor at home 
still three games above modern uh, or current NHL 500. Their road record, they've won six straight on the road. That'll be a fun one when they go out on the road next week. And we have to say they've won six straight road games. Like, talk about a stat that really won't mean much, but we'll all say. Mm-hmm. Because there'll be, be a month between road games. Yeah. So, yeah. so any momentum. <laughs> Like, so much has happened uh, between the road games, uh, but we'll all still talk about uh, uh, the, the, the momentum and the, the run that they've had on the road. Uh, I, I think that this team is, is just... It, what we've seen in the leveling off at home and the rise in road, I think deals with more where their lineup is night to night mm-hmm. and also that this club really does take it, whether it doesn't matter where they're playing right now. They're, they're trying to... To, to win that game and focus just on, on that game. Uh, and and you've seen uh, a, a little bit of, of that buckle-down uh, aspect to them, uh, a little bit more probably on the road. Certainly, like, the Denver game and the, the Dallas game uh, early on this year, uh, the Boston game to start off the road trip, and then they found ways, whereas they didn't win against Winnipeg and they didn't win against the Toronto Maple Leafs the other night, they were able to win uh, in New York mm-hmm. and, and, and beat the New York Islanders in, in those games. So there's you, you flip those two games, and you're probably saying they're just a really consistent team as opposed to uh, some of, my, of the nitpicking that I've heard about uh, playing at T-Mobile. Yeah, no, I mean, you're – and that's, I think, the, the interesting thing is you know, as we go through an 82-game season and we understand what this year has looked like for the Vegas Golden Knights being where they're at right now, it's, it's hard to find – certain things to really pick apart about their game and i think if you're if you're looking at it with an eye to the future if you're looking at it with an eye to home ice advantage in the playoffs you want to see that that number kind of stabilize or or at least get to the point where you feel incredibly confident in this team at home and and i don't see any reason to believe that you won't get there you still have so much still coming for the vegas golden knights in jack eichel in in understanding and figuring out where he best fits and how he integrates into this team to make them even better even more dynamic and you know until you get there like i'm not too concerned about where their where their what their home record is right now because to me they're they're not at their final form yet what we talked off the top of our number one about how much deeper and more prepared they're going to be able to play tonight's game than they were against the Toronto Maple Leafs yeah. because of players being uh, released from COVID protocol and being back in the lineup. That said, Nick Haig, Jack Eichel, Max Pacioretty, and Alec Martinez will not play tonight. Mm-hmm. So you're still missing four big players, and we're talking about them being in a much better situation which tells you the, the different challenges that they've been through uh, this year. Just fully illustrates it. But I'm, I'm so excited every time I get a chance to see uh, Sidney Crosby play and, uh, and go against uh, the, the likes of, of Mark Stone uh, and, and William Carlson and two forwards that can play both sides. You're, this should be a really good 200-foot game. We'll get more into the Penguins and the Golden Knights as we continue. But up next, it's our play of the day, and it comes courtesy of a familiar face. Uh, Stay with us. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. 
Coming up at the end of hour number one of the VGK Insider Show, live at T-Mobile Arena. You'll start to hear the rehearsals going, which is a sign that uh, we're really closing into the pregame warm-up, and that's when we'll be watching to see who's in and who's out uh, officially for the Vegas Golden Knights as they head back to work after five complete days away from game action. And we didn't have to wonder who the starting goaltender was or who was uh, in COVID protocol. Now, we will get to see a couple of players back out of COVID protocol tonight. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But first, the play of the day, which goes back to Saturday night and a big performance by one Sid the Kid who sets up his line mate. Long pass up ice. Crosby in flight. Cuts toward the middle. He's got a chance. Crosby looking, going to Getzel. He scores! Getzel from Crosby! Position. Watch Crosby. Watch his skates here. Look at them doing the turn heel to heel just for a second. Dallin style. Just for a second. Heel to heel right there. Body position for Gensel. Hills out of the way. Look at this skating. That is absolutely brilliant footwork there. And Gensel with the point and the Penguins with two points. It's a big win for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I'm right with them. Uh, what jumped out at me about that play was just the brilliance in the skating and the ability to to put that Mohawk turn into place and protect the puck and find a different way to buy some space for himself to set up Jake Gensel. Uh, the Gensel goal was awesome, and he's their best goal scorer. But Sidney Crosby becomes uh, the all-time leader in Penguin points uh, in overtime with that assist. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so much different uh so many different aspects of skating there on that play for Sidney Crosby there's there's that strong cut and so much power in his stride and then as you mentioned the balance the edge work the the mohawk turn like it's it's so fun to watch him play and it's so fun to watch how his skating opens things up not just for him but for other players he's he's just a remarkable player to watch so many players today young players coming in the league now use that technique. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. the first one that uh, that really utilized it uh, in uh, an acceleration and skill standpoint, not just uh, being able to slide by somebody along the boards. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov uh, comes to mind uh, when it comes to that. That's your play of the day. When we continue, hour number two, we'll talk about what to expect tonight. One team's rested. The other team is road-weary. It's the Vegas Golden Knights against the Pittsburgh Penguins. VGK Insider Show continues on Fox Sports Las Vegas.